Hello and welcome again to uh, Let This Mind Be In You. Um, I'm back with you, Brother Michael D'Angelo. Uh, here in the studio today we have a guest. Uh, I teased it in the last time, but this is my dad. Uh, this is Brother Kevin D'Angelo. He pastors a church up in uh, New Jersey. And so, welcome, Pop. Good to be here, son. <laughs> Good to be here. Uh, so, we had breakfast this morning. Um, we got a chance to talk quite a bit, but... Uh, First and foremost, uh, we'll just go ahead and dive right in, and why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself as far as growing up as a kid, where you grew up, and then um, maybe all the way up until when you first joined the Army. All right. Well, I was born in uh, Jersey City, New Jersey, 1959, and uh, one of eight kids, uh, just about right in the middle. I got, the, I think, three, three above me and four below me and, and, uh, no, I actually had four above me and three below me. And so, uh, one of eight and, uh, we moved pretty much between Jersey city and down to where we finally, uh, settled down in Keyport, New Jersey. And this is all in the, the New York city area, right across to Raritan Bay from New York city and a typical, you know, Catholic family, uh, Italians, of course, right, and right. Uh, normal childhood, uh, normal American Catholic. You know, we were what we like to call Christers. We went Christmas and Easter, mm-hmm. and yep. uh, if somebody was getting uh, baptized or christened, I should say, sure, or uh, having some kind of ritual from the Catholic Church being done, a marriage or a funeral, not the only ever time we ever went to. Uh, church right so you 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 grew up i mean with the label of being a a catholic a catholic yeah right right so uh you know i had the same uh ideas that you know i was a good person and Mm -hmm. and you know as as long as i got did what i was supposed to do in the catholic church eventually i'd uh, get to heaven eventually eventually yeah eventually uh, of course, you have to die. Of course, then you have to go to purgatory for whoever how long right. knows how long. And then, of course, uh, when you finally pay for all your sins mm. that you didn't get uh, forgiven for before you died, then you got into heaven. But really, nobody knows when that is. Right. So we'll come back to that later. I think that's going to maybe um, pretty much match up with kind of maybe where we're going with this later on with some of the things you were talking about and then talking about how you're paying for your you know, paying for your sins, purgatory and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, mm-hmm. so you, you normal childhood, as far as the American kind of, um, scene, you know, typical, lots of brothers and sisters played sports. Uh, uh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that was our life, my life. Anyway, I, I didn't do much schooling. Right. <laughs> and, uh, okay. and, uh, uh, you know, played b- baseball, basketball, football. Uh, but school was not your, your, um, no, specialty. no, I, I pretty much took sandbox classes, you know, <laughs> just to get by the, the yeah. minimum, uh, so that I could pass enough to, to play sports. Yeah. Um, but that's what it was from a small high school of, mm-hmm. a, you know, class of about 200, I think in our, in uh, our senior class, maybe somewhere a little less than that, but not a very big school in a little town, less than a mile square, Keyport, mm-hmm. uh, New Jersey. So what year did you graduate? 1978. 
78. And then when you graduated, what did, uh, did you go right in the army? Right after oh that? yeah. 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 I was, uh, graduated in June. Uh, and I think a couple of weeks later in July, early July, it had to be after 4th of July, I think, uh, went in the, uh, army. Hmm. Yep. So you went in the army. Uh, where, where'd you go to boot camp? Fort Dix. Fort Dix. So it wasn't that much of a, no, no, it was yeah, right. So down, really, right uh, less than an hour drive. Yeah. So, and it was, of course, I didn't know I was going to go there. I, I, you know, right. when I went to the recruiting station in Newark and got, re, you know, got inducted and all the other kinds of things mm-hmm. to put you on a bus. I, I don't know, but then it was Fort Dix. Oh wow. Um, so, did you always think you were going to join the army, or is that something that was just like no, uh, no, I didn't think I was going to always join the army. I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, just like the normal kids back in that day, you know, I wasn't a, wasn't a genius, wasn't a mm-hmm. taking college courses. So college was probably not out of it, you know, was way out of the picture. I knew I wasn't going to get no scholarship, you know, being five foot, five inches tall <laughs> on your, on a good day, five <laughs> foot five on a good day Yeah, like with tennis shoes on. Yeah. I, like... <laughs> I wasn't going to get no scholarships. Right. So, uh, yeah, it was probably midway through my senior year decided, you know, things were not going, uh, I didn't know where I was going to go. So I, you know, they had the recruiter, recruiter come to the school. Uh, in those days, recruiters came in probably two or three times a year, uh, different branches. And, uh, and of course the recruiter sold me on this, that, and the other thing. And next thing I know, we're signing up. So your first duty station out of boot camp where did what did you because you were what was your job did you like a mechanic or yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay and, and uh, uh 63 hotel which is a track mechanic basically okay. mechanic yeah just working on stuff so uh where did did you do that at fort dix as well or did you go no somewhere? no 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 the uh, ait was down in uh, aberdeen maryland so again another oh, okay. short trip mm-hmm. and then from there korea oh okay so you went to Korea right after you got out of that, and yeah. you went to where did you go in Korea? It was uh, Camp Camp uh, Camp Humphreys. Oh, okay. So you're up there around the Seoul area, uh, south near, of Seoul, near the DMZ, though. Like, south of Seoul. Yep. Yeah, you guys weren't on the DMZ, no, but you were no, okay. No. So not like Camp Casey and the other places that okay. were up there. So you were in you were in Korea. Um, how many years did you do there? Just one. Oh, just one year in Korea. Yeah, Almost one year to the day. Hmm. And then you got stationed where from there? Uh, Fort Knox, Kentucky. Fort Knox, Kentucky. That so. was man. I when I got orders to go to Fort Knox, Kentucky, I didn't want to go there. It was interesting. And okay, I kind of know why, but like, what? Why in your mind did you not want to go to Fort Knox, Kentucky? Oh man, it was in Kentucky. <laughs> I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a northerner. I yeah, thought maybe Yankee. Yeah, I'd know. be a Yankee down yeah. there in, in that in the Rebel State, you know, and I'll be have a target on my back once they no, know I'm from that, New York City area. <laughs> well, Kentucky wasn't a Rebel State. I mean, it was a neutral state. Uh, we're not going to talk about history or anything like that. But. <laughs> yeah, but man. All all those things I already knew about Kentucky were, wow. you know, redneck and all that other kind of stuff. So. Well, interesting you mentioned redneck, because isn't that where you met mom? That's where I met your mother. <laughs> okay. That's right. where I did it. Okay, so you you met mom there, but um, did you meet somebody else? Did you meet somebody else before you met mom uh, when you were there in Fort Knox? Um, you, I think I know a little bit about your testimony, but tell me about your, uh, oh, your, tes- oh, your testimony. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got stationed... Uh, 
at uh, what was called the Armor Engineer Board uh, on a project, which was the, at that time, it was the XM2. We know it today as the Bradley Fighting Vehicle. Oh, okay. And it was they were doing tests on it. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't think the government has really, you know, bought it yet. Okay. So they were going through a series of tests there for, and they needed guys. So they they grabbed guys out of different units, uh, volunteer guys, and uh, we did uh, testing. You know, shooting, driving. Uh, Sure. You know, target acquisition, all the other kinds of stuff. And uh, that's where the the, uh, the lieutenant at the time, uh, first lieutenant, well, which is higher, second lieutenant, first lieutenant. Yeah, I think first, it's first lieutenant. Yeah, first lieutenant uh, was in charge of that uh, group, and but he was a Christian. Oh, okay. And uh, he had started on Fort Knox a anti-car club. That's what he called it. Oh, okay. And got one of these old... Uh, if you know anything about Fort Knox, it was, I mean, just packed with these old World War II oh, yeah. uh, buildings all over mm-hmm. the place. And uh, so he got the permission to use one of these old garages, and he started a antique car club. Hmm. And he had, uh, you know, some old cars. And I and I bought a, uh, a 1970 uh, Opal GT. Okay, from I'm not him, I'm not a car person. From him, but. well, it look, kind of looks like a small Corvette. Oh, okay. And uh, but anyway, so uh, pretty much you're you're a young single guy, and you're you're looking to get a sports car looking thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I wanted to join the you know the club. There oh, was okay. there was actually only two guys in the club, him and I. Okay. <laughs> but uh, so he he would uh, he would play preaching tapes, mm. and whenever we after work we'd go over there work on our cars sure. and stuff like that, and. Uh, he played his preaching taste as this guy preaching. And of course I never heard that kind of preaching before. I never heard Bible preaching before mm-hmm. and uh, always would uh, question me about things. And I'd ask him questions about things. Sure. And you're course- having, you're having uh, what we call at, uh, at our group of believers, our, our church, our local body, we call that like a gospel conversation. So basically he wasn't like, Hey, do you know where you'd, if you died today, do you know hundred percent certain, like he didn't lead off with that, but it was more of if things were in the background, he was sowing and sowing and watering, yeah. you know, just planting and watering. You guys were just having conversations. So that went on for how many weeks do you think? Oh, I, I man, you're, you're, you're testing my memory. Well, I know your memory's not the greatest, but I mean, no, it's just a couple it, weeks. It uh, wasn't, it wasn't more than a couple months, I would okay. say. So a couple months of having these, conversations so to speak yeah and then he then he invited me to go to church with him mm-hmm. up in uh, uh louisville okay south louisville somewhere and again i heard kept on hearing things that i'd never heard before right and of course i'm you know i'm used to going into a church and holy water and sure and yeah. idols all over the place mm-hmm. and genuflecting and bells and whistles and smoke and sure and all that other kind of stuff and uh just got curious about it, and they just kept on asking them questions. And eventually, you know, I asked them, "I said, yeah, well, how, how do you know? How do you know that you're you're saved? How do you know that you're you call this thing born again? Mm. Now, how do you how do you know that?" It's and, kind of like the uh, the Bible verse, like um, uh, it's kind of like the the jailer where he says, "What must I do to be born again?" It's yeah, like, he's asking basically the question, like, "How do you guys have this peace?" I'm sure he had a different life too, like from everybody else you were hanging around with. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. He was single. He was a single mm-hmm. guy, and uh, but he he didn't he didn't drink. He didn't smoke. 
there again, a, there was a difference. You could tell a difference in his life compared to like I'm sure. I'm, I'm in. I'm in the active duty military too. I, I definitely know. Oh, that I life. know. He, yeah, but no, he, he didn't have the foul language. Every right. everything out of his mouth and everything else. He just just a uh, just a well polished officer, you know. And uh, but still, there was something different about. Him. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, uh, he was the one that led me to Christ. Okay. And, uh, you know, about faith in Christ and not trusting in works or right. or, or anything of that nature. His, so you went from a Catholic church saying, you know, you have to pay for your sins in purgatory to, hey, Jesus Christ paid for your sins on Calvary's cross. Death, burial, and resurrection, having... He paid the price. He took on it. So you needed to put your faith and trust in his righteousness as opposed to your own trying yeah. to work your way into heaven. Absolutely. So that's that's really good. So you you went, you know, that's a that's an amazing journey. You went from a uh, a a family, you know, normal childhood growing up. You went from that. You went to not really knowing what you're going to do with your life and next thing you know you're in the army next thing you know you're in korea you end up in kentucky and you're like i don't really want to be here but you met the lord there amen and um was it shortly after that you met mom or uh not too far after that okay uh because i had to go back to my unit Mm -hmm. after they got done with the testing uh of the xm2 the Mm -hmm. bradley fighting vehicle and of course my then future brother-in-law was a sergeant in my unit and uh he started he invited uncle david yeah oh, okay. your, your uncle david and uh uh he invited me to church uh his father-in-law mm-hmm. uh your mother's dad right. had a church down in uh elizabeth down kentucky so i went down there to uh see what was going on it had nothing else to do on a sunday so sure uncle david picked me up and georgie picked me up we mm-hmm. drove down there and uh we always eat lunch after the service and everything else like that because uh, stanley was a uh retired uh off uh, retired army guy mm-hmm. uh retired e8 i think or okay. e8 or e9 or something right. and uh saw a picture of your mother or high school picture actually hey now hey now and yeah. I said, I said like, who, wow. you know, I asked who that was, mm-hmm. and they said, "Oh, that's my daughter Teeny. She lives up in Louisville with her aunt mm-hmm. uh, right now. You know, working up there." I said, oh, "Would you like to meet her?" I said, "Sure, I think sure. Right. Why not?" So I think I think your uh, your grandmother uh, arranged for her to come down the following Sunday. Yeah, I can see Grandma Whiteman doing that. Yeah, like, like yeah. kind of like trying to set up a. <laughs> arranged a liaison yeah yeah. like okay i'm playing matchmaker but um well for those that don't know a little bit of backstory on my on my grandma weideman she um was a a a wonderful woman loved the lord um she i think i was probably about two or three yeah when she was in an accident and was a quadriplegic for the rest of her life and uh but her testimony was just you know, she still had a, a, a good spirit and she really, you know, suffered as a quadriplegic. Uh, she's passed away now and for many years. I mean, that's, that's been yeah. a while, but yeah, well, she wasn't a quadriplegic at that time. Yeah, that's true. Right. But so, I'm just giving a little bit of background and, and, um, uh, that's, that's interesting that, uh, you know, grandma was setting you guys up and, 
So you met her, and one thing led to another? Well, I didn't meet her. I mean, the following Sunday, I was supposed to meet her. Oh. And okay. uh, Friday, Friday before, I think that was the Sunday before Thanksgiving that year. Mm-hmm. And I was supposed to go down to, down to church and meet her. Mm-hmm. But on Friday before that, I got sick. I was in, uh, I was in formation there at Fort Knox, and I fell out. I mean, next thing I know, man, I'm laying on the ground. I'm, I'm getting... I did that one time in formation. <laughs> yeah, but this is because I was throwing up. Oh, yeah. Well, I was because we were standing there in formation for so long. I've locked my knees up. And yeah. Next thing I knew, I kind of I remember turning to the guy that was next to me in formation and I started to say his name. Next thing I know, they're dragging me off of the grinder. You know, like I'm like, ah, what's going on? And so, yeah. But you were you're. You're like you fell out because you know you're sick. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Food and they, poisoning, I guess. Yeah, or? it was food poisoning. Yeah, so they took me over to the clinic, a hospital, and uh, they said, "Man, you got food poisoning." And uh, so, uh, man, I imagine went home. That, imagine that with some uh, military chow. You you got some food poisoning, or was it the local fair around? The, uh, hey, the, you're, again, you're testing my <laughs> my memory. I'm sure it was. I don't know. I'm sure it was good army food. You just got some bad stuff. That's right. Right. Got yeah, something yeah. bad. Something right. to agree with me. Uh, but anyway, I fell out and went home. I, I had an apartment off of uh, base, mm-hmm. uh, living with one a sergeant that I knew uh, and his wife down in their down renting their basement. Sure. Basically, yeah. so <clears throat> of course back in that day they didn't have cell phones. Yeah. So uh, I didn't show up on Sunday because I was sick. Right. I kind of know where this is going, but go ahead. So t- your your mother came down from Louisville, made the trip all the way down there. Yeah, it's a good hour or so. Well, yeah, depending on traffic. It's been uh, 40, 45 minutes yeah. and so on. And uh, so I never showed up at church. And so at church, she asked your brother-in-law, your, your uncle David, mm-hmm. where's this guy live? And he said, I think I know where he lives. And, and, and she ratted came over. You, ratted on you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he drove her over, which was not too far from his house, like, mm-hmm. literally a, a quarter mile from his, where him and jo- Aunt Georgie were living. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I heard a knock on the door, and I opened the door, and it's your mother standing there. She's bawling me out. Because <laughs> it's like, look, lady, I don't, I don't even know who you are. She's like, you're like sick and everything like that. Yeah, I was green behind it. Man, I was Man, green. love at first sight. Boy, yeah, it's you- green. <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, the following Thursday was Thanksgiving anyway, so David and Georgie and uh, we decided that we would come up to uh, Louisville mm-hmm. on Wednesday before Thanksgiving, go out to eat, movie or whatever we did, yeah. and then the next day we'd have Thanksgiving dinner at Aunt Georgie and David's uh, house, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. That's that's the rest. Our first date is the rest. Is <laughs> so going from. <laughs> That's interesting. So it it was meant to be. God God ordained that meeting. Um, it's just your first meeting with mom was. I bet she was a little Spitfire back in the day too. Like, I I kind of. What do you mean back in the day? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't think she's that. That's a Spitfire. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's my mom. <laughs> no, but yeah, uh, you got to be careful. You know, like, uh, this is going to be uh, recorded forever. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. But no. Um. So that's good. So. You met the Lord. Uh, that's the most important thing. You got saved, uh, born again. There was yep. a, um, obviously you, you probably weren't like right away. People get this, this image that somebody gets saved and there's like, Oh, everything's good. You know, hunky dory. No, like no. Yeah. No, 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 no. So let me ask you just, a just a kind of a personal question. 
I know you, you talked about how the life that you did lead and, um, and stuff like that, and there was a change in your life. You could tell there was a change in your life. But how long did you think it took to start cleaning out some of like, you know, some of the major stuff? Like you would like go into the bars and all that kind of uh, stuff. That's I mean, I get paid on Friday. I was broke on Monday. Mm -hmm. if, if the if I wasn't living, if I didn't, if I wasn't single, and the army wasn't feeding me, I would have starved to death. Yeah, because yeah. I was I was spending my money on uh, booze and all kinds of different things. Sure, that kind of lifestyle. How long did it take it, man? I, I, I wish I could say it was a couple months, but it was a struggle. Yeah. You know, well, it's a it, struggle, struggle. Absolutely. It absolutely. Is. God makes the change in our lives. But again, there, immediately, once the um, the spirit is redeemed, the Bible talks about, and Paul especially talks about how there's a struggle in the flesh. It's flesh versus spirit all right. the time. Right. And um, it's kind of like the analogy of, uh, you know, which wolf, wins the battle is the one you feed the most you know right. like so like you got two wolves or whatever gonna fight so if you're feeding the flesh and um it's very hard even though i'm sure i'm sure when i was man, when i wasn't living right which i mean i you know you know my testimony and um but when when those times like i still like immediately after doing things that i knew i shouldn't be doing I mean, there was conviction in my. I mean, I'm no, sure you no, kind of. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's it, you. You start to understand you. You're not as comfortable as you were before. Right. You go to the same places. You hang around the same people. You do the same things. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking to yourself, "Why doesn't this taste as good? Why doesn't this sure. smell as good? Why doesn't this sound as good? Why? Yeah. Why is it that that I'm not enjoying myself? Mm -hmm. But as I learned the Word of God, mm -hmm. then I understood why. Yeah why i was not enjoying it like i did before and then of course again you start learning the word of god you start learning the bible then you say that's why i wasn't right that's why I the, wasn't the spirit um see uh, the spirit started teaching you things as as we talk about here on this program that that we have the mind of christ it's just how much of the mind of christ has us right so like we ought we have the whole entire Holy Spirit that teaches us all things, can teach us all things of, of his word. Um, it's just how much are we willing to be taught by it and, that's right. and go to that that's, and that well, alone. Well, that's true. It, it, you, I mean, when you get saved, you got all the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get. Right. But how much of the Spirit has of you sure. is a lifelong sanctification process. Right. It's an every day, every month, every year mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, we talked uh, about that a little bit at breakfast yeah, the, too. Yeah. The, the, the biggest concern that any any brother in Christ should have or sister in Christ for others is that there is no change. Right. Yeah. That's that's the that problem, and that's the philosophy of today. Like, oh, God doesn't care how you live as long as you got saved, and mm. so on and so forth. But there has there has to be. Yeah. If there's no change, if exactly. there is no change in attitude, which leads to a change in action. Mm -hmm. Because uh, we're made, we're new creatures in Christ. It says, behold, all things become new. I mean, right. like we're a new creature. So we have, um, even talks about ambassadorship. So we're a part of a different country now. So that's, in, that kind of leads right into uh, what we wanted. I think what you wanted to talk about. So go ahead and um, um, talk about what you wanted to bring today and what's been on your heart as far as um, who we are as individuals before Christ or yeah. uh, where do you want to go for that? So we're going to, 
We're going to turn in our Bibles here, our King James Bible. So go ahead and get those out and ready. Um, where, where are we going? Uh, I think the I think the premier book of the New Testament is the Book of Romans. Okay. I've often said the, and I say to our church in in New Jersey, which by the way, our our, our challenge to our church in New Jersey is to read the book, the New Testament, Acts through Revelation once a month. Mm. And uh, and and we broke it down in quarters. Sure. And uh, so the second quarter was the book of Mark. You read that one time. Mm-hmm. But then all three months of that second quarter, Romans, I mean, Acts through Revelation, Acts right. through Revelation. Uh, because people don't know what the word of God says. Right. But if I was going to be stuck on an island and I only had cha- and I was only given a choice of one book of the Bible to take. Sure. Take the book of Romans. The book of Romans. It's not even, it's not even close. Okay. So we're going to, I'm then not. By that lead-in, I would assume they were going to the Book of Romans. Book of Romans, chapter one. Romans, chapter one. All right. Actually, one, two, and three. Okay. Because the I think in the New Testament, the, the, there are two things that are that people have a problem with. Mm-hmm. The first and foremost problem is is if they believe that the Bible is in fact the Word of God. Right. Mm-hmm. If a person doesn't believe the Bible is the Word of God. Yeah. Uh, they have a problem because yeah, faith comes by hearing and hearing, and hearing by, by the, the word, word of God, of God. which yeah. is in the book of Romans. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe the Bible's the word of God, and that's, that's the problem with a lot of this uh, very quick evangelism type philosophy today mm-hmm. to go up and knock on somebody's door and basically give them a sales pitch. Yeah. Sales pitch. Yeah. From, from the book of Romans mm-hmm. sure. called the Romans road. Okay. And, Without even establishing the fact whether that person actually believes the Bible or not. Wow. Yeah. I say, but the subject of the Bible is a big, long, uh, that would take several segments to understand why we have the Bible today. Sure. Yeah. And why God preserved it. But let's go for the, uh, assume for a moment that uh, the listeners here for, and if you're listening on online, that you you agree that the Bible's the Word of God, mm-hmm. all right? All right. So once you establish that fact, then the second hardest thing for people to understand is is what is their position in God? Right. So how does God view them? Yeah. How are how are you being viewed as of this moment to a holy, righteous God? That's right. And most people, ninety percent of people, would say, "Well, God, uh, we're all children of God, and God loves all of His children, and and He would never send anyone to hell." And the, and sure, some of them are not walking right, but they're all children of God, and blah right, blah right. blah. Okay, of course, which is a a biggest one of the biggest lies told to people. Mm. But if you would take the Book of Romans, the first three chapters, I think it deals with the how man looks in the sight of God. Yeah. With, with the, with the book of Romans too, like, again, I, I'm sure some know watching this, but for those that don't, it, these chapter breaks aren't something that was, you know, that was there from the beginning. No. I mean, it was put in by man later on to, uh, just to basically break it up and subdivide it. So if you tell me to turn to Romans three verse, whatever, I would know where to go. But these were written as letters. Uh, the Apostle Paul, given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was given these, uh, writing these letters to local churches that were in Rome. That's uh, right. The, the book of Romans was to the local churches, you know, the different small little pockets of uh, homes and everything where people were meeting. 
and Paul wrote this wrote this letter, and it's interesting that you're t- you're talking about that. He's writing this to what we would have, what we would say would be saved individuals. They're part of the church. These small little groups, absolutely. But he's writing it to them to bring into remembrance, like as you once were. Remember this. So when you're talking to people right off the jump, you're talking to them about how you once were, just like you were bringing up how you once were growing up. You were putting your faith and trust in your own works and your own righteousness and. Yeah, I'm being good enough and everything, but but Paul, as you're about to tell us, um, and as we start reading, was bringing people into remembrance of who they actually are right. in, in the sight of a, a righteous God. Um, the book of Hebrews talks about if you violate the law in one matter, you violate them all. You know that it that the they would understand that. Like people say, well, I'm a good person. I've never done X, Y, and Z. I'm I've never murdered anybody. I mean, I'm a pretty good person. Well, if you've broken the law or God's word in in any aspect, any at all, you're you're guilty of all of them. That's why I, we'll talk some other time about this, but about this um the stuff that's online. I mean, it's all over YouTube about um people who are uh, homosexuals. God calls them, you know, um sodomites and different stuff like that but everybody's like wow that's such a oh that's such a terrible sin these people can't even be saved they're reprobate this and the other thing and folks it has nothing to do with the type of sin if you if you have never committed that sin it doesn't matter in god's eyes if you haven't received jesus christ as your savior to cover your sins you might as well have because you you're guilty of every single law, that's and right. I think that's what you're about to talk about is just who we are in, in God. I think eyes. so, and 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 again, it wasn't broken down in chapters and verses. I'm glad that sure. somebody did. It was a Catholic monk that did it, uh, that broke it down. And sometimes he's right, sometimes he's wrong. But but uh, it's a whole lot easier for me to say, uh, turn in the Book of Romans, paragraph sixteen. Yeah, it's a whole lot easier to sure. say chapter one, verse eighteen is where we're going to start. Okay, where he says, "For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them." For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Now, that gives the introduction to, of all people. It's, it's talking about everybody. Yeah, that's what I just said. Like, if you violated the law in one single aspect, that's, that's everybody. That's you, and that's everybody. And, all of sin. And then when when God reveals himself to, to man, it's interesting, which is the first time the Godhead is used in the Bible. Exactly of the, right. Of the, you know. He says, because that when they knew God, they glorified not, not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain mm-hmm. in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became, became fools and changed the glory of God. Mm. That's what man does. Oh, sure. He's he's absolutely changed the glory of God into a God like, as it says here, corruptible man, a birds and four-footed beasts and uh, creeping things. He turns it into whatever he wants it to be. Right. And uh, so when I look at what who Paul is describing here, I think he's describing man in, in, in the base individuals, mm-hmm. the base of man, the worst of mankind. Because 
you could imagine the uh, the Romans reading this book for the first time, right? And there and the the, the pastors or the the preachers, the teachers are reading the book out loud to the mm-hmm. to the congregation, and they're saying, "Yeah, those 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 nasty people. They changed the truth of God into a lie." And of course, if most of these people are from Rome, if they've been if they Gentiles. They were probably saved out of paganism. Oh, of course. They were saved out of uh, polytheism, mm-hmm. where everything was made into a god. Yeah. Four-footed beasts, creeping things, everything else. Right. They said, yeah, those, those, those people, they deserve what they're going to get. Right. And so they, he, he, he changed the truth of God into a lie, and so on and so forth. As, as it, it changed the glory in verse 23. That God gave them up to uncleanness, verse twenty-five, changed the truth of God into a lie, mm-hmm. and that's what man does. This is the, this is the worst type of man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might call them the heathen. We might call them the uh, uh, the de- you know the totally deceived or what's the word I wrote down here? Uh, deniers, the the perverted, mm-hmm. the perverted group of people. Who, because it talks about in verse 27, you mentioned homosexuality. Yeah. It's aptly described in verse number 27. Yeah. And, and I, and that, again, that's why I, that's why I don't see that the Bible points out all this stuff, but it's not to say, well, there's these different layers. Okay. This is the really bad ones. And, and these are, and these, are not these, bad. these are not so bad ones. I mean, yeah. little white lies and like a, because as we go down through here, it does talk about like what we say, like, oh, man, those are like really bad. But again, they're all breaking of God's law. They're all, well, first of all, knowing that who we are when we're, when we're first born, you know, in, in our flesh, we're born with that sin nature anyways. Right. Um, where you don't have to teach a baby to do things that we tell them not to do. You see what I'm saying? Be like, I mean, Millie Grace, uh, my daughter, you know, two-year-old daughter, you know, don't touch that touch, you know, like already disobeying and different things like that. Now she doesn't understand what she's doing. Uh, that's another subject for another day with like Romans seven, by the mm-hmm. way. But, um, but that's the point. The point is, is we have a sin nature. Paul is listing these things because they would have seen that in their everyday life. You know, the Roman life of, Man, all these things are going on around it's us. It's just total debauchery. Yes. All those different things that were going on. And then, but all to show who people are without Christ. Because, well, you're, I'm sure you're going to get into right. it. So. Right. So, uh, he, 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 even though, like in verse 28, even though they did not like to retain God under knowledge, God gave them over. You know, one of the, one of the scariest verses I find in the book of Romans is verse 28. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. They wouldn't listen. Yeah. And and, and that's what I was talking about earlier. People talk about this reprobate kind of doctrine and it's, it's like, well, see, they did all these things that therefore, therefore that's why they're reprobate. So if you're doing these sins, God's turning you over to a reprobate mind. And that's not what the verse says. It says, because what, is because, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. See, and I think right there, that is the Holy Spirit's conviction on somebody's life. Hey, you know, you shouldn't be doing those things. You're lost. You're, you know, they hear, maybe you're hearing this and you're hearing us talking through the word of God. And you're like, wow, man, I, I don't do any of that stuff, but I do some of that stuff. And you get that gnawing on you. See, 
when it says they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, I think that is their spirit. They're dead in trespasses and sins, what the body, uh, the Bible says, spirit in their mind, their own knowledge. They are rejecting it. The Bible calls that later on blaspheming the Holy Ghost, basically saying, yeah, I know. I don't care. Yeah. And right. we don't know as human beings. I can't look at somebody and be like, well, God's turned that person and that person over to a reprobate mind. We just don't know. But that, let that be a warning if you have not received Jesus Christ as your Savior, that if you're under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, he's saying, look, this is for yeah. you. What Brother D'Angelo is about to talk to you about, about all these different things, that is for you. And to completely say, no, because that's what the verse says. That's right. Did not like to retain it. Like, you've pushed it away so much that God finally says, fine. says fine. turns you over to reprobate mind. And we don't know when that is. We have no idea. And it could be anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be you know, such a gross thing like homosexuality. Yeah. It yeah, could yeah. be anything. That, I think that's my point. My that's point right. is, is that people like to make these pet sins as being, oh, those are yeah. the ones that are going to do it. No, the, the only sin that will send you to hell, the Bible is very, is this right here, which is blaspheming the Holy Ghost. Basically, taking the conviction of God, his Holy Spirit is working on you say, yeah, you need this, you need this, mm -hmm. and saying, no, rejecting that. That's the only sin, technically, if you want to break it all down, that's going to actually send people to hell is because they are not new creatures. That's right. They never came to that knowledge where it's, or they never came to that point in their life where they said, my filth, my righteousness is as filthy rags, as the publican said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Right. And take on his righteousness. So we, we've we've met, we've talked about that in a few videos yeah. so far. Well, and, and then of course it ends in this chapter, verse thirty-two, with a with a uh, warning to those who would say, "Oh, those people over there are really perverse." I'm glad I'm not that perverse. Mm. And if they're doing that, I don't care because they're not bothering me. Mm. Well, he says here, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. You can see the people say, yeah, that guy, he deserves death yep. because of what he's doing. But then it goes on to say, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So I think that pretty much just wraps a bow around everything else. That's right. So and it's like, okay, well, I don't do this, 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 and this, but I do enjoy this, 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 and this, which is, again, flesh. Like feeding the feeding the yeah. flesh, not being um, not being a new creature, uh, coming to that moment of, of of realization, coming to the end of yourself, and that's and that's that's a perfect thing. That thank you for taking through Romans one. I know you want to go through uh, chapter two and yeah, three. very quickly. I yeah, mean, now again, we we might have folks listening to us who think, well, I'm I'm not that perverse. I'm, I mm -hmm. I don't do those types of things. Well. Romans chapter two, verse one describes you. Yeah. All right. So, cause it goes on to the next group of people that might be reading this in the future or listening in thou therefore art inexcusable. O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. Okay. Now it's going to get to the people and say, well, I don't do those things, but that person over there is really perverse. Mm. So he says, thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself for thou judgest doest the same things and that's the point that's the making. law that's what a point i was making earlier about when uh, when it was later on in the bible it's like if you've broken one of these and jesus even broke it down even further it's like well, okay because they came up and say we keep the ten commandments i have never committed adultery and he said yeah if you've ever looked at a woman 
and desired after her, you've committed adultery in your mind already. Already, oops. It's like oh, and they and, he, and Jesus Christ confronted people again with their sin condition with the law. That's exactly exactly which is the schoolmaster. That's exactly. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judges them which do such things? And do us the same that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. I call this guy the moral guy. Mm-hmm. He's, he may not be religious, and he's not a, uh, a, he's not a reprobate, or he's not what we would call a, a, a perverted individual. Right. But they're the normal, everyday, moral guy. You know, he pays his taxes, raises his kids, teaches mm-hmm. them right and wrong, sure. and all the other kinds of things. But he doesn't see himself as bad as the first group of people. Sure. Those perverted guys doing those types of sins, mm-hmm. you know, and having their minds being turned into a reprobate jelly there. Mm-hmm. And but Paul deals with that group of people. Yeah. And then he goes on. I, I have written down here verse number 17 of chapter two. I think the religious guy, behold, thou art called a Jew and restest in the law. I just look at that as the guy who's religious. Now, the vast majority of human beings in the world today are religious people. Sure. They belong to some religion Mm -hmm. somewhere. And uh, the ecumenical movement is big on, well, you know, all you have to do is believe in God and and love your neighbor and and be good to everybody and you'll be all right. That's the religious person. Yeah, like you were talking about politicians earlier this morning over breakfast and you know, a lot of politicians like to say, you know, uh, God bless America, or we'll mention the name of God. Yes. But they will never mention the name of Jesus Christ, which was God in flesh that came to die for our sins. Amen. Yeah. They won't say, well, you know, some do. I mean, there, there's been a few, but right. There's that religious, you know, undertones, you know, and uh, the founding fathers were, were all, there might've been a few born again believers that were a part of those founding fathers, of course, but for the vast majority of people, um, they were religious. They they had that overtone of you know God. Yeah. Uh, God created us certain unalienable rights. You know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Of course, we know all these these uh, key words. Um, but I think what you're getting at uh, going into this is that look, whatever condition you're in, this Paul and it, just read the first three chapters of, of Romans here. Uh, you're going to go to chapter three, I think, next. Well, yeah, I'm going to be in chapter three because that's where we end up. Yeah. And before the, we get to that, that's why the, the point I was wanting to make, though, is Paul basically in this, like you've just pointed out through reading of the scripture, that it doesn't matter what condition. Paul's like, look, because I think you're going to this in Romans 3, 23, that's and right. I think that's where we're going next. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if without Christ, without his righteousness, his death, his burial, his resurrection. You, you are in this condition. That's right. Your condition as as a, a lost man. You're in this chapter. Every human being is mentioned in the Bible. Mm-hmm. In the first three chapters of the Book of Romans, you're going to find yourself there, right? Because that's this is where a person needs to be. Uh, and and if, when you're witnessing to most people, most people won't claim that they're perfect, but they also don't know who they are. They don't really don't know the extent of their a wickedness right in the sight of a holy righteous god might be it might be a cool guy to me might be a nice guy to me mm-hmm. might be a moral guy might be a religious guy to me yeah. but doesn't matter a hill of beans yeah. these guys are they're lost 
And then and then you get into the second part of chapter three there, mm-hmm. where it gives the whole list. And by the way, that list is, you know, who's, uh, you know, there's none righteous. No, that's all quoted from the Old Testament. Yeah. And, and it shows that mankind has always been in the same boat ever since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. He, he's been in the same boat. Mm-hmm. And we tried to do the same things Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden and and throw together our fig leaf aprons made out of our uh, things of our own hands to try to cover our sin. Yeah, and that's and that's the um, that's a very good point. There's 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 two types. There's there's a counterfeit false salvation, and there's the true salvation of God's word. And it's what God has for you whenever he, like in that moment, in the dispensation, what he had for what he said to do, that's what we have to do. Or like Cain, it's bringing something that we want to do. That's right. So it's either God's way or man's way. There's only two. Um, Just like when we were talking about earlier about um, uh, creation and evolution and stuff like that. There's a lot of people, uh, I think it was just in the news, I saw it somewhere. I can't remember where, but where a very famous person, as far as Christianity is concerned, has a large Christian university in Virginia, um, believes in what he called, I guess he would call theistic evolution, which I, I don't, I don't even know how he gets around to that. But the point is, is that, like you said, if you don't believe God's word, God said he created the earth in six literal days. And if you don't take it literally and you think, well, then you're going to put your man's wisdom in there. Mm-hmm. It, and so there's, it's impossible to be trying to skirt the line. You're either going to be on one side or the other. And that line is Jesus Christ. Amen. We're either staying on one side of the line where we're like, well, I can do this. Or when you mentioned purgatory and like, well, I, I can pay for my sins. And I, there's either that side, as we mentioned at the beginning, or it's the other side where Jesus Christ said, it is finished. Done. Amen. So, amen. And so, so that's where he ends up in chapter three. Yep. Sure and does. then he goes into chapter four or five where he talks about how you're justified. Right. Going not back to Moses, but going all the way back to Abraham, mm-hmm. the first guy of faith. Right. And using him as an illustration. Right. That, uh, Abraham could could not be justified by works, mm-hmm. and it, none of them were. And right. I, I don't know about you, but I I have people constantly tell me that uh, that nobody can keep the law. So therefore, uh, the people in the Old Testament they were they were saved by keeping the law. Said so that's impossible. No, it, and I think that's where the conflict comes in. Well, you know, was there? Look, God, you had to do what God commanded you to do. If you were a Jew and said, well, I, I'm fulfilling all the law. No, you can't fulfill all the law. There was so many laws. People think of the Ten Commandments. There were so many things that people broke. God said you had to put some sort of action into that, though. There was no just, okay, I'm believing in something that's going to happen. Uh, uh, I'm having hope and faith in something that's going to happen a thousand years from now. They weren't looking forward to anything. I, that's another discussion for another day. Mm-hmm. But what what they had to do was have faith that what God told them to do was what they had to do for their justification. Right. Meaning that they might not have known that this lamb, Abraham didn't know that that lamb, God him provide himself a lamb, as it says in Genesis 29, I believe, when he's talking to Isaac, he might not have saw the picture of that. 
He just had faith. The faith chapter, you know, and Abraham by was by faith. Abraham, what did he do though? He had to go and put that into action. Um, and people get so wrapped up around, well, was there works and stuff involved in there? No, I think that's that's skirting over to the other side of the of the of the road near a ditch. It's north of the center is where what God told them to do. You couldn't be a Jew back then and say, well, I'm going to fulfill, I'm going to try to do the best I can with the law and never go sacrifice. And, or I'm just going to bring uh, a turnip like Cain did. You can't do that. You had to bring a blood sacrifice. That's what God commanded to do. Fast forward, though, when it says Jesus Christ, the death of the testator happened in Hebrews, that is the switching over to where it's like, look, now you have to have faith in this. And Paul talks about that exclusively oh, exclusive. all, all through Romans about, and then even in, in Ephesians, for a grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. Right. And those people back in the Old Testament couldn't boast that they were, no, the schoolmaster was showing them, the law was showing them that, oh man, no matter what I do, it, I just can't fulfill this law. All right. Uh, Little Mordecai, let's grab the the lamb and do what God has commanded us to do. That was the faith in that. That that right. was what, right? The the obeying God's word. Let's just wrap it up like that. Obeying God's word and what He said to do. Amen. Having faith in that. So you're right. It is by faith, um, and faith alone, to the extent of what God told you to do. You're, they're having faith in that. But there was works as far as. Don't get it twisted. I'm not trying to say there was works involved, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. They had to bring a sacrifice. It had to be a certain way. So, anyways, I went off on a tangent. Bring, me, right. bring, bring me back. All right. Well, no problem. Uh, again, it, uh, if anyone's listening who doesn't know Christ from the free pardon of sin, the first thing that you have to realize is who you really are. Yeah. And if you're if you're thinking that you're not as bad as Job down the street or, or you're comparing themselves as paul said comparing themselves with themselves they became unwise yeah. if we compare ourselves with ourselves you're using the wrong ruler yeah you compare yourself to christ we all come short of the glory of god yeah. and that's where a man can then become justified by faith by trusting in the finished work of Christ on the cross. Right. As long as he's got himself stuck somewhere in there and he's got his finger in the pie, he's never going to tr have true salvation. Yeah, because it, it is trying to bring yourself into it instead of coming to the end of yourself and saying, I, there's nothing I can do. It's it. it. I fit all this stuff. I came to I had to come to a point of realization uh, in my life where I had to come to the end of myself and say, I can't do any of that stuff. It, I have to put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ and what he did in his righteousness, because it says in verse 23, in Romans 3, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. See, like we said, for all have sinned, that's everybody, and come short of that glory of God. God cannot be in the presence of one single sin. It says, okay. in the very next verse, it doesn't end there. It says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's where we get redeemed. That's our only redemption. We believe, the Bible teaches, and we believe the Bible here, that God was manifest in the flesh, lived a sinless life. He was tempted in all points as we are, yet 
without sin. And he willingly shed his own blood on the cross because God required a blood sacrifice. I don't understand all that stuff as far as like God is God. And we have to have faith in what God has asked us to do in this dispensation to use the word. God has asked us to put faith and trust in his finished work on the cross. Amen. Amen. Period. Plus nothing, minus nothing. So Romans 1, 2, and 3, if you're out there, get you a King James Bible. Um, read it. I challenge people just to read it. The Bible says that these things that are in here are spiritually discerned, but the Holy Spirit of God can still speak to the lost man Absolutely. only about one thing, and that's about his condition, as you've brought up. That's right. So read Romans. Read Romans 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, all the way through. Yeah. Read it. And um, I would say, like, if, if you've read it and, you've, and you're having questions, you're like, well, I just I, write, write in a comment. Um, more than happy to address any type of questions you would have. But you have to understand, like, uh, like, like my brother here, even though he's my dad, he's my brother in the Lord. Um, like he was saying, what is your condition? What is your condition right now? And if you're still living in your own righteousness, you're in a lost condition. That's right. And I would encourage you before it's too late uh, to accept the free gift of salvation. And so, well, I think we're going on an hour now close to an hour had a good time um i'm really excited the fact that um my first interview is with you amen i'm glad to be here see the grandkids yeah well that's another thing too to see the grandkids we don't really matter anymore um but no i just in all in all seriousness and i don't know how serious but uh you know i we've had talks before about how i've you know, wasn't rooted and grounded in God's word coming out of high school and different mm-hmm. things like that and um, made a lot of mistakes. And But through it all, just like if we were saved, we're sealed into the day of redemption because of you know, Jesus Christ and that we are sons of God. And he can't get rid of us. Um, I could not stop being your son and you never stop seeing me as your son. Amen. And, and loving me and giving me some... Uh, some truth amen and so i appreciate that you didn't stop loving me we're not gonna get all emotional we're an italian family so it's not like we don't really get all uh, we don't really get all emotional but uh, you know i i do want to say I, I do appreciate that because that is the you know that is the biblical way of dealing with those things uh we're not supposed to cast people out uh especially the body of believers you know like oh you can't no address the sin and i think that's what you do so as a time as got away to come back in um i never thought five years ago that i'd be sitting in a home studio with a youtube channel talking to my dad about things of god's word isn't god marvelous i don't know about you (laughs) like if what you were thinking at the time but you're probably like no i wouldn't see that either but uh god's good and um so I think we're going to end it up there. All I mean, right. We're going on just about an hour. And, All right. Good. And, um, Good I want to, I want to encourage everybody to join us um, next time. I don't know what the next time is going to be an actual uh, Bible, another Bible study or video. If you have any comments, um, 
or some ideas or some things that you want to just discuss biblically, if you have any of those things that you want to talk about, uh, I encourage you to leave a comment on this video or any of the other ones. I, I will look at them. And uh, we'll see what about the Bible study. And as far as interviews go, I would like to keep doing this. I think this is great. I think it's great to get around and, and talk about, well, our testimonies. Not only that, but to get around God's word, to have true Christian fellowship. Amen. And still have a good time. Not all boring, whatever else. You yeah, know? So that's boring, Bible-believing Christians. Right. There's joy. <laughs> there's joy to be had. And so... Um, Live in the spirit, uh, brethren, sisters out there. Uh, live in the spirit, walk in the spirit, get rooted and grounded. Have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you. That's the, the whole point. Amen. I want to push you towards God's word. Go to God's word. Read it. Study it. Live it. All right. And that's it. Love you, Pop. Love you. All right. That's it.